You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News, and today it is game day. We got Pacers-Pistons tonight in Detroit, a team that the Pacers have randomly struggled with in recent seasons. I got swept, I think, uh, two seasons ago, and Blake Griffin was still on Detroit, even though they were clearly the better team. And I think they swept them last year, but we're still randomly struggling to beat them easily last year. So while the Pistons do stink, not necessarily the easiest game for the Pacers. We'll take a look at that game in preview tonight. And the Mad Ants season, the four-way Mad Ants Pacers G League affiliate season is underway Got to see them live in Gamebridge Fieldhouse today. Both Pacers two-way guys played. Isaiah Jackson was there. Pacers assistant coach Tom Hankins was there. Lots of stuff to talk about with the Mad Ants this season, what to watch for, who's standing out so far, and all that kind of stuff, and why you should care about the Mad Ants as a Pacers fan. So lots to get to today. Let's start with the NBA side, Pacers-Pistons in Detroit tonight. The Pistons, I'm finally ready to go through these sort of numbers. We are a month into the season officially. Well, we're one day away, but... The Pacers don't play until Friday again, so I'm going to use today as the barometer for one day away of a month into the season. It's still not great, but I'm a little more comfortable using teams' advanced stats to kind of talk about who they are. And the, the, the Detroit Pistons, Dwayne Casey's Detroit Pistons are 28th in offense. Yuck. 23rd in defense. Dead last 30th in net rating. One of the worst records in the league at 3-10. and 10. They have not looked awesome this year. They beat uh, the Houston Rockets in the Jalen Green versus Cade Cunningham Derby, they beat the Orlando Magic, two dwellers, and they randomly a couple days ago beat the Raptors. So they're rounding into form. Cade Cunningham returned from injury and made them a little better, but they lost Kelly Olynyk, their prized summer signing at about the same time. So they're a, a struggling team. And, and when you look at them, one thing stands out to me, and that is the Pistons are last in three-point percentage. They are under 30%. They hit 29.5% of their three-pointers this season. That's a very lazy stat. To start with, but under 30% from three is atrocious. It's just completely terrible. They're the only team in the league under 30%. In fact, they're the, barely, because the Thunder are the only team under 31%, and only two teams are under 32%. So they are really a bad three-point shooting team. No one is even close to them there. And when you look at their roster, it makes a lot of sense. Like Jeremy Grant's their star. He's not a great shooter. All their young guys that they're taking flyers on are not great shooters, and Kelly Olenek who they added, who has been a good shooter in the past, only at 34% this season. Killian Hayes has been their best three-point shooter this season at 38%, everyone else below league average. So one key for the Pacers in this game is stay down on closeouts, good closeouts, because don't let these guys shot fake you and get to the rim. And Miles Turner is excellent at deterring those situations and making sure that the defense can still run smoothly, but they're not a good enough shooting team to be flying out on these closeouts in a way that allows the Pistons to put it on the floor and get to the rim where they're a little bit better. You know, inside the arc, they're still not great, but they get up a lot of two-point attempts. They're good at getting to the line. They're sixth in the league in free throw attempts, right? They actually, that is probably one of the strengths of this Detroit team. And the reason they're not near the dwellings of the offensive rating department is because they're good at getting to the line, which is efficient shots, efficient ways to score. So that's going to be one key for the Pacers in this game, making sure that closeouts on shooters are good. Not even necessarily defending the three-point line well if they leave a guy open by accident it might not be the end of the world but get you know the right defense on those guys being the right distance away from them 
is going to be key. They have some good rim attackers or some decent rim attackers that make it so those guys might be open away from the play. Just good closeouts will be key for the Pacers in this game. The other thing that the Pistons excel at, this is a weird balance thing to look at. If you looked at their rebounding, you'd see that they're 29th in total rebounds per game, which looks terrible. And they're 30th in defensive rebounds per game. They don't have a lot of opportunities. It's part of why their defense is so bad this year. They give up a lot of made shots. But they're fifth in offensive rebounds per game. That really inflates their rebounding rates in general. But they're not a bad offensive rebounding team. Sadiq Bey has been up over two all season. Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart's looking good on the offensive glass all season. Right, They have guys who are good on the offensive glass. So it's going to be important for everybody to be boxing out, especially the bigs. You know, Turner's had two weak rebounding games in a row. So if it's Turner versus Stewart, it's going to be important that Miles gets it done on the glass. But, you know, the guards have to be better, especially if Sadiq Bey is getting a lot. Cade Cunningham's getting 1.5 a game. Trey Lyles, Jeremy Grant, Luca Garza, all at one or more per game. All these guards and forwards need to be focused on their rebounding. The Pacers have been good on the glass this year, especially compared to last season's, but a little bit of slip up in the last couple games in that department and offensive rebounds are a killer way to give up points and, and things like that but yeah the Pistons offense is just just not very good uh they they rely a lot on streaky shooting and defense to to get their wins so far I mean even in their wins they score only uh 112 which is still a good amount but to beat Houston um in their other win over Orlando 110 and then they scored a ton on the Raptors but they, they typically have been you know, in the in below 100 range this year, it, points per game, they're last in the league at 98.3, right? So uh, t- tough for them to get scoring. It's going to be key for the Pacers to make sure that remains the case because they do force a lot of turnovers. Uh, they force the fourth most in the league. Uh, they prevent the other team from getting offensive rebounds, right? Only 8.6 per game for Pistons opponents. Uh, some of that is because the Pistons opponents shoot very well, but still they give up the highest three-point percentage in the league by a mile, 41%. That's just bad luck. Like that... That number is high because of bad defense, yes, but 41% shooting from opposing teams from deep for Detroit, that is unsustainably horrible, right? That number will come down a little bit. Their defense is better than the numbers say. That's why in a month into the season, advanced stats can be a little wonky. But, yeah, they give up a lot of open threes. That's been killing them this season. They don't have great rim protection in general. So they're just a young team that's developing, and Cade looks good. When he plays, he's got a lot in his bag that he can do despite – struggling to finish really early in his career. But outside of him, they have some role guys who are still learning what to do, learning how to play together. A lot of new, well, not a lot of new, but some new this season. Uh, you know, Frank Jackson didn't play a lot for them last year. Cade's new, Olenek's new, Trey Lyles is new. They're all playing basically every game. So a big chunk of their rotation is new, excuse me, as they try to figure out this team and figure out what they can be. And that's where the Pacers can slide in these gaps because they make a lot of defensive mistakes. They don't have good shooters. They're just a very easy team to bog down and get going on. That's why they're 3-10. and 10. So that the keys for the Pacers to me are, are, like I said, one, good closeouts on shooters. Don't let the Pistons drive. Don't let them get inside and be that free throw team that they want to be. And then on the offensive end, try to make sure you're getting it to those shooters because the Pistons are a good offensive rebounding team. They're going to try to be a possession game, try to out-efficiency them in that case, their offensive four factors, their two good things are free throws and rebounds. Their defensive four factors, their good things are just turnovers, right? They try to be that possession team that can get to the line. Don't let them out possession you. The glass will be important. Miles Turner, who has been playing well, needs to step up in that way. The guards and the forwards do as well. But this Detroit team should be a team the Pacers can beat. I mean, I don't think they're as bad necessarily as the record says, mostly because of that insane three-point percentage you're giving up, but they're like a four out of every 15 games win team to me. Like They're, they're not very good. They should win, 
probably like 20 games this season. So a little higher than I just said, actually. But, um, you know, they're just not very good. And, and the Pacers need to capitalize on that. They, they, there's not a matchup, especially when you look at this game one-on-one. Like, you look at the Knicks game and you see how quickly, because he's so shifty, right, Brogdon really struggles guarding that particular skill. Or Julius Randle's kind of that bowling ball forward that the Pacers really struggle with, right? The Knicks have guys that there are matchups you go, okay, that's, that, that would scare the Pacers. Or that that's a reason the Knicks can get an advantage at times in this game. The Pistons don't really have anyone of that. Jeremy Grant can be that mold, but he's just a little too skinny for me to call him powerful. I think they can get enough to slow him down and prevent him from going off. Although if he's hitting his threes, he could be dangerous, but the Pistons just team wise and personnel wise don't have quite enough threats for me to think that they can beat this Pacers team, especially a mad Pacers team coming off of a loss that they probably feel like they should have had against the Knicks only scoring 10 points the entire fourth quarter in New York. Tough loss that, you know, every player on the team who did media after that game thought they should have won that one or at least found better ways to score down the stretch. So I am confident the Pacers are better than the Pistons in basically every way. If they play their game and play the pace that they want and they haven't for a while, at least played to the level of their competition the way they did early in the season. So I think the Pacers should win, get to seven and nine. If they don't, I'm sure there'll be lots of skies falling takes and likely should be. This is the worst team they've played all season by a mile. This is the first bad team that the Pacers have played this season. Every team they've played before this has been at least trying to be good or isn't in a situation where they just got a high draft pick combined with a bad team. This team is bad, and they will be bad for a couple more years. The Pacers need to capitalize and get this win because their schedule has been really tough. So I predict they'll win, but this team has surprised us this season. We will see what happens. Let's talk about the Mad Ants. Zach Pearson from 8.9 seconds is going to help me do that. He was at Mad Ants Media Day, and I wasn't. So he's got all the details there. Watching the Mad Ants today... In Gamebridge Fieldhouse was super fun. So lots to get to about that team, about their start so far, about the two-way guys, Isaiah Jackson and his health status. Uh, he's a you know the Pacers forward. He's rehab assignmenting with them right now. So lots to get to there. But first, I got to talk to you guys about two great groups of people. First up, the good folks over at Call Me, because you don't know what makes LeBron James King James. It is sleep. That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, and it is he teamed up with LeBron to help you activate the power of sleep when it comes to athletes, we always focus on physical health, but there's always the side of the game that's just important, and that is mental fitness. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, and they've teamed up with LeBron to help train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce stress, and perform at your best. Uh, the mind is just like any other muscle in your body. You don't have to be a champion to learn how to train it. LeBron says sleep is a critical part of his fitness routine. He says getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind, from the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge. So if you can head to calm.com slash NBA, you can get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron and using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better Get started at calm.com slash NBA. That's calm, C-A-L-M dot com slash NBA. And it's Lockdown Pacers. So, of course, got to talk to you guys about Bilt Bar. I got another tweet today, literally earlier today, from someone who got new Bilt Bars. I believe it was Salted Caramel and loved them. Loved them and enjoyed them and had to tell me. I'm. This is the best product uh, for the best protein bars on the market. You really have to try them. 100% covered in chocolate, delicious protein bars. The first protein bars that aren't disgusting. I had... Uh, other protein bars I used to bring to work with me before I discovered Bilt Bars that I begrudgingly ate 
um, at work. But now Built Bars has made that not a begrudging experience. I love them. They're delicious. They're great for the health conscious guy. And they have a bunch of flavors that can help you around Thanksgiving, right? One slice of pie has like 300 or more calories on the low end. Built Bars are only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, plenty of protein. Replace that coconut cream pie with the coconut Built Bar. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, 100% covered in chocolate protein bars. Try it today. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That promo code again is LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. Zach Pearson is here now to help me talk about the Mad Ants and their early season stuff. For those of you on YouTube, you can see Zach is in his car because he had to travel home from Pacers Mad Ants today all the way back to Dayton. Dedicated coverage from mr pearson so looking dark and creepy but i love it dedication to this podcast you love to see it zach man how's it going doing good man do what we got to do so i'm happy to be here <laughs> absolutely so yeah zach was there as well uh, as the mad ants smokes at cleveland charge in gambridge Fieldhouse today it wasn't even close uh i don't want to get into a recap of a mad ants game but i do want to talk about the mad ants season so far and i want to zoom out a little bit because sometimes people Forget about the Mad Ants or don't care about them in relation to the Pacers. I think that is not smart. I mean, just going through the current era of the Pacers front office with Pritchard in charge, we've seen guys like O'Shea Brissett and Edmund Sumner come up just through the G League and grow into a player that is helpful for the Pacers. We've also seen guys like Goga go down for useful assignments. Jakar Sampson, Isaiah Jackson is there right now. Uh, Alizé Johnson very frequently went down to the Mad Ants. So one reason to really care about those games in that team is they're actually Pacers players doing well and helping this team succeed too. The head coach of the Mad Ants is Tom Hankins. He's an assistant coach for the Pacers. You've probably seen him on the sidelines for Pacers games when the Mad Ants aren't playing. They have a lot of front office ties. The old Mad Ants GM is now a scout for the Pacers. The ties go on and on. So it's very important for the Pacers' growth that this Mad Ants team does well and Zach, we saw it today. A lot of these guys who are fighting for NBA spots, Terry Taylor, the two-way guys, Kiefer Sykes, they all looked pretty good in this game. So has any player stood out to you uh, so far for the three games of this Mad Ants season? Well, yeah, I think Kiefer Sykes has been pretty incredible. Um, you look at a lot of the questions today asked in media were just kind of surrounding the assists that was going on uh, the first three games of the season. And he's a big part of that. I think he had 15 his first two games. And then he had nine tonight. Um, so he's been he's been a great facilitator, getting guys the ball. And then he's also scoring well. He had 20 points tonight. Um, obviously, Dwayne Washington Jr. had 24 as well. He led the team. Um, so, I mean, they both look great. Uh, but, yeah, Kiefer Sykes has been – and I, I talked to him at Media Day about this as well. Like, what did he want his role to be um, this season? And, you know, he just – he was very um, unselfish. He wanted – to get other people the ball, and that's that's one of the things he was talking about. So he's doing that. Um, nine assists today, and yeah, fifteen total. I think the first two games. So he's been he's been doing great at that. Yeah, Kiefer is one of the guys that will probably all season long deserve a lot of focus, just because he was in camp with the Pacers. And to me, you know, th those kind of guys, uh, we saw that, or maybe not with O'Shea necessarily, but those kind of guys have a leg up in that they've already been to camp with the Pacers, right? They have that familiarity. So every season it feels like this team does a call-up. O'Shea last year, Stephon Hicks, Trey McKinney-Jones, Ben Moore. Uh, I'm trying to think if I'm missing any. But every year, some guy from the Madden's gets called up. And if like Ben Moore stuck till the next season, obviously O'Shea is still on the roster. Like A lot of times these guys yeah. are important. So guys like Kiefer who are really standing out. And 
you know, he was in camp with the Pacers, like I said, it's really important, right? Keep up with them, see what they're doing, uh, how how they could potentially fit in with the team, especially because like Brad Wanamaker hasn't been that awesome for the Pacers so far. Like maybe they want to change their their point guard rotation. And Kiefer was awesome in this game today. He was leading the charge with the passing. The guy that I was asking all my questions about is that can attest to probably too many questions. <laughs> Actually, I was being a little a little uh, story driven about this. Is Terry Taylor? Terry Taylor like. Um, like Kiefer Sykes was in uh, training camp with the Pacers, and, and Taylor has been putting up just like disgustingly good rebounding numbers. He had 15 today against the Charge. He was averaging over 15 in his first two games. He's actually first in the G League in rebounds. That doesn't mean a lot to you if you don't know who Terry Taylor is. But let me tell you who Terry Taylor is. He went to a draft workout with the Pacers. He was on their preseason roster. Uh, he averaged a double double in co- in college. Uh, 20 points and 10 rebounds per game. Oh, and he's six foot five. He's getting 10, 15 rebounds every game at six five. Like half of them are on offense, and, he, and he's kicking out to shooters. It's one of the most impressive things I've seen. Tom Hankins said he'd never really seen anyone of that height to be that good at rebounding, besides maybe Jamario Jones, uh, who's in the Bucks organization. So he's really stood out to me. And why I like him so much is that's a skill that one the Pacers have stunk at in recent seasons, and two he plays a position on the wing that. You can never have enough of. He can guard, stock your wings because of his size. So have you liked what you've seen from Taylor so far in three games? Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's averaging 15 and a half rebounds a game. He had 15 tonight. I mean, so, I mean, that's, that's valuable in a lot of ways. Um, and like you said, the Pacers don't really have a guy, a specific guy that gets just rebounds. I mean, obviously, DeMontis Sabonis is the double guy. And Turner better at that this season, but this is kind of the first year that he's at. And you know Taylor, he's a fun guy to watch. You know, at seek havoc on the glass. Um, yeah, he's he's been impressive. Comparatively, like Alize Johnson was similar in the G League, where every time you'd see a stat, you're like, dude, had 20 rebounds in this game. Like comparatively, I think Taylor is a better rebounder than Alize. He's just six inches shorter, so he can't do it as much or as often just because he's got that limitation. But he has been far and away to me the most impressive uh, Mad Ant so far, and I think he's got the best shot to actually make a team this year or get some sort of two-way call-up because those kind of numbers always get noticed. And like, like I, I, Big men can always get call-ups if they're really good on the glass in the G League, but he's not a big man. He's a forward. Like you don't, you don't, right. there's, players like this just don't, don't really exist. It's hard to explain. He was all, this is like fake looking, but he was a plus 44. That's <laughs> the charge today. It's, yeah. I mean, they smoked him, but it, it, it was crazy to see. The last guy I want to highlight, he had 20 points, eight rebounds, and five assists in the game we watched. Uh, that's Justin Anderson, and, and the reason I want to highlight him is, one, he got a late Exhibit 10 from the Pacers, and two, he played for Rick Carlisle in Dallas, so he's got some familiarity with his coaching style, the way he likes to play. He's also a wing, and he looks like, to me, their leader. Like, he's calling out a lot of where guys need to go and cuts. Um, so outside of point guards, at least he's their leader. And he's a really effective scorer as well. So just because of his familiarity with Carlisle, right, he was in the Mavs rotation when they were in the playoffs uh, in 2016. I think he's a guy to watch out for that could be a call-up at some point. And I just like – he was a first-round pick before he joined the league. I like the way he scores. I like his defense. I think he's a pretty solid player for this team as well. Yeah, Justin Anderson, he's been fun. And he had a couple dunks today as well that were pretty um, athletic in transition. They were uh, fun to watch. So, yeah. He's kind of like in that Lance Stevenson kind of bubble of uh, <laughs> G League talent that's that's fun to watch. And, you know, you just kind of root for him. And, you know, I talked when I was uh, at the NBA Media Day uh, talking to Kiefer Sykes. He said, you know, 
uh, Anderson and him are kind of taking that leadership role. Um, I also talked to their first round draft pick, Gabe York, and he was kind of in that same conversation, um, just being real vocal. So they said that was very useful in terms of uh, the chemistry right away. So having a guy that's an NBA vet um, on this Mad Ants team is is helpful. And you see, you see what they did today. I mean, they were up 30 points at one point. So, I mean, uh, yeah, his, his value is, is pretty big. I think they almost got up to up, up 50. In the third quarter. Yeah, it was probably closer to that. It was, it was pretty crazy. The fourth quarter is kind of when they just let them kind of come back, but it wasn't close. The, the Pacers this season have trained me to always be looking at the scoreboard because every game's so close. Yeah. I think I looked at the the score of this Madden's game like twice. Like they were they were up by so much, I was like, I don't need, I don't need to look. I know they're winning, and I yeah. I sat. I, you could see me, Zach, but I sat like right next to the Cleveland Chargers bench, so I could yeah. hear their coaches and what they were saying and and their vibe around the game. And they were not as happy as no, coaching yeah. Just because of that, too, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, the, the Madden's are definitely winning this game. Um, perhaps the biggest direct reason for. Pacer Madant connections for people to tune in to this team to see what they're doing and and the biggest advantage that is provided to the Pacers by the Madants is the resource they have for literal players on the Pacers roster to go play for them. Right, they have two two A guys who are there all the time. I think since the Madant season started, Giroux, uh, Dejan Giroux, and Dwayne Washington have been called up only once, uh, and currently Isaiah Jackson is with the Madant. So I want to talk about those two guys with the Madants really quick. But first, I got to talk to you guys about betonline.ag, the best and way to bet on sports online. They have a new web interface for the start of basketball season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On, all one word. You'll receive that 50% welcome bonus. They've got basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. The two way guys are are the interesting story, Zach, and, and you were at Media Day. You know, I think these guys were there. I think you saw the personality DeJon Giroux brings to just like every single thing he does. He's from New Orleans and he does this dance called the Gritty, where he's kind of like hopping while he's walking all the time. Uh, he, so he's just a delightful guy. Dwayne Washington is is pretty good. Uh, we'll talk about him too. And then Isaiah Jackson's at the Mad Ants right now. We both saw him warming up before both halves, shooting jumpers. He looks pretty good. There's a chance, in fact, I think the expectation is that he's going to play for the Mad Ants on Wednesday. So if you're listening to this before noon, you can watch the Mad Ants game for free on the Mad Ants website to watch Isaiah Jackson playing a game for the first time in like three and a half weeks, which is pretty cool. So that's the biggest resource for the the Pacers that the Mad Ants can be is these guys to play. So let's start with Dwayne because he's been really good. He had 24 in this game we just watched, hit four of 10 from deep, uh, three assists as well. He was creating a little bit with the ball. And he's even been in Carlisle's like rotation, not rotation, that that's a little bit wrong, but uh, he, you know, he came in for a couple seconds for defense in the half. I forget which game it was um, for this Pacer team. You know, Carlisle called his number and then he played against uh, Brooklyn and they were down by just nine in the fourth quarter. Uh, the other game he came in for it was the Spurs. I could not remember what it was. He scored five points in that game, right? So he's shown in the NBA he can be a little effective to the point that some people think, hey, maybe this guy should play instead of Brad Wanamaker. I don't know if I'm there yet. Even Wanamaker put up 22 and five in the G League, but 
Dwayne Washington looks pretty good. And Zach, I think we saw on display that what this guy can be uh, in the pro level. Yeah. I mean, like you said, he shot four from 10 tonight. I mean, he had 21 uh, shot attempts tonight, made 10 of them. It's, it's when they go in, uh, like coach Hankins said uh, that, that he's really good. And, you know, four threes is big. He had 24 points and he was a plus 41, which like, yeah, is crazy to me. But um, one thing he was talking about uh, coach Hankins after, um, after the game was he said that he wanted him to be more of a facilitator um, kind of distribute the ball more and that's kind of his next step. So he's, if he can shoot the ball the same at the same level, which is, is pretty good so far, um, you know, that taking that next step will make him just that much better. And, you know, he's getting great development here in the G league. So uh, look to look to see more big games out of him. If he can keep shooting the ball. Well, yeah, at Ohio State, uh, he, he was not, not a good passer. He was a really good scorer. There's a reason he got the NBA call, but not a good passer. In the in their Madden's first game, he had 22 points, only two assists. In their second game, uh, he once again, uh, 15 points and three assists. So the, the passing isn't quite there, but the scoring certainly is. Uh, and like I, I always talk about how easy it is for G League guys to really thrive, or G League big guys, excuse me, to really thrive at that level. Benny Boatwrights looked pretty good, for example for the man and so far, but for guards, it's a little tougher. Like like guards try to score a lot in the G league level to try to prove themselves or try to stand out and, and grow into a pro. Dwayne is doing that though. He is a head and shoulder score level above a lot of these other guys. There's a reason Carlisle trusts him a little more than Dijon or other two way guys. So he's looked really impressive. His shots legit. I think that if called upon or needed by the Pacers, he could be a three point threat. I, I don't know if he should, would ever play. Uh, that would require a lot of, unfortunate circumstance for the Spacers yeah. team, but he's looked pretty good. On the other hand, Dijon doesn't play much. It's, it's kind of hard to to get a feel for what he's going to be uh, or what the Pacers see in him because with the Mad Ants, he's the backup to Kiefer, and even when he is in sometimes, you know, they create with Justin Anderson or they create with Dwayne when he's in there. Like, he's a good defender, I think, but his stats certainly don't suggest that he is going to be a, a great offensive player at the G League level. Yeah, I mean, when, when Kiefer Sykes is playing – as good as he is, you know, it, 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 it's kind of hard to squeeze in, you know, Dijon Giroux. But he played 13 minutes tonight, and, uh, you know, he only had one shot made. But, you know, the Mad Ants have a lot of games, so you don't know what what he's got. Maybe he can step up if Kiefer's maybe hurt, and he can prove himself that way uh, to find more time. But uh, the starting group for the Mad Ants are playing really well. And when you add Dwayne Washington Jr. into the mix when he's not with the Pacers, you know, that's a pretty strong starting five there. And if Terry Taylor and some of the other guys are doing the other things pretty well, it's it's going to be harder for him. Um, but, you know, it, it is a longer season, so we, we'll see what happens uh, with Dijon. Isaiah Jackson, like I said, uh, rehabbing from his hyperextended right knee is expected to play with this Mad Ants team on Wednesday, I'm excited to watch what he can do. And even without knowing the plays, and he might know the plays, I didn't get to ask Tom Hankins how similar his system is to Rick Carlisle's. It looks similar just from watching uh, Hankins talking about after the game how they really try to get rim pressure to create a lot of a lot of the rest of their offense. But, I mean, Jackson could just get 20-10 and 10 by just, like, showing up in the gym. <laughs> like, yeah, he should he's... be that much better than everybody else. Even guys like TJ Leaf, Goga, Jakar, like they put up ridiculous stats in the G League on their assignments in the past. So it'll be fun to see him play and fun to see how good he is. I don't have a ton of insight on how he'll look with this team because he's never played with them. I only saw him shoot 
think three jumpers uh, during halftime warmups and didn't get to speak with Isaiah. So I, I don't know a ton here. I don't have a ton of insight there, but this is like what the Maddens are for to see these guys. Part of what the Maddens are for, excuse me, is to see them go through this. Another and the final guy I wanted to ask you about, Zach, is Gabe York. We didn't see him at all. He was the third pick in the G League draft. We didn't see him at all against the charge. Uh, you talked to him at media day. What kind of vibe do you get from him? What kind of skills do you think he can bring to this team? Yeah, he's he's ready to prove himself. Um, you know, he hasn't got I don't think he played tonight. Um, he, he was inactive. But when I when I was talking to him at media day, you know, I asked him about the chemistry of the team and, you know, what what he's what his goals are for the team. And and he was just basically said uh, he basically said, you know, I want to prove that their pick wasn't wasted. Uh, he, he's, he's got a, a sharp mentality. I think he's 28 years old. So he's, he's a vet. He's played in the G league before. Um, I forget, I forget which team he was on, uh, previously. Um, but yeah, no, he's ready to prove himself. Um, when he gets the opportunity, he said he wanted to expand on his game as more than just a shooter. Um, he says most, most people, uh, expect him to just shoot the ball, but he wants to go out there and, you know, pass and, and get other guys shots and do the little things. So, He's he's very motivated. So when he gets out there, um, I'm sure it will be exciting. I don't know exactly um, when that will be, um, but yeah, he's he's got a, a, str- a strong mentality, and he's he's definitely ready to prove himself. Yeah, another guard. So I think that getting him minutes will be hot, tough. Uh, he played in there the first man it's preseason game for uh, like nine ten minutes, uh, but that that's his only appearance so far this season. Was that game only took one shot, only one assist, right? He hasn't just hasn't played much. And I think that that might be a thing that happens for a while. You know, they didn't draft him for this year. Like the G League draft is a, is a project thing. Despite the Maddens only having one holdover from last year and Daxter Miles, they can actually keep the rights of these guys for more than one year. So I think that maybe they would like to see York for more seasons. But yeah, right now we talked about Jerome and Sykes being in uh, point guards already. Like it's going to be hard for him to play much at all. So unsurprising that he doesn't play much. It's just, you know, I, I don't know what to expect from him, but excellent, excellent score in his other two G League seasons with the Erie Bayhawks in 2017. Right. He scored 16 a game. The Lakeland Magic two years later, he was at 16 and a half points per game. He went to Arizona for college. So another guy to watch out for, right? The Pacers love to call up dudes who stand out with this Mad Ants team. And I think so far, basically the Exhibit 10 guys have stood out to me the most and Benny Boatwright looked pretty good uh, yeah. in this game. So I think they all have the best shots. Did you talk to Boatwright at Media Day as well? Uh, yeah, I actually, I did, uh, it was a shorter kind of interview because, uh, he had just finished up with, uh, another guy, but, uh, I did get an update on his, uh, injury from summer league, which was a dislocated kneecap. And so he said he was, uh, um, it was, it was pretty painful. Obviously he was sidelined for the rest of the, the summer league. Um, so, um, yeah, he, he's, he's ready to get out there and show, show what he can do. He's off to a strong start. If you remember there in the, the first quarter, he had like six points, I think, and then obviously had that injury. So he looked good this game, uh, a double-double as well. Um, so, yeah, no, Boatwright, he's exciting and uh, will also be you know fun to watch in this starting five. Comfortable screen and roll guy, 11 points and 13 rebounds in the game we just saw. So lots of interestingly good Maddens players, lots of guys to keep up with this season. But if you want to tune in, first of all, check who's playing, check what Pacers – are going to be there in the two-way guys. But two, really keep an eye on Kiefer Sykes because going forward, if I'm just if I'm just musing, like if 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 Brad Wanamaker can't click with this team, it's not impossible to me that they, you know, cut him and then convert Dwayne Washington to a minimum deal and then get Kiefer on a two-way or just sign Kiefer outright. Yeah. Right. They still like to have that third veteran point guard, or maybe they like to get Terry Taylor in the mix on a 10-day if they open a roster spot and 
They also have O'Shea and Keelan on not fully guaranteed deals as well, although they're both looking like they're worth more than that. Uh, but th- there are ways the Pacers can open a spot. So just checking how those guys that make the most sense, which to me right now would be Taylor and Sykes, uh, and even the two-way guys getting converted, how do they look? How can they help the Pacers if they get called up is, is definitely worth tuning in for. And they play again tomorrow, so lots of opportunities. Yeah, yeah it's exciting, man. Um, I, is Isaiah Jackson on a minutes restriction, do we think? Um, yeah, you know, it's, I don't think it's official that they know he's going to play yet, so I would imagine he is. I mean, he hasn't done any game action in, in several days. Yeah, that's that's probably going to be the story of Wednesday's game is how he looks and and what what yeah. comes back for him because he he could give the Pacers that dimension they don't have with the bench. You know, they, they go to these Goga Sabonis minutes all the time that have been working defensively, but Isaiah Jackson instead of Goga can make those a little better and more effective. So uh, seeing him get back could be good. And I, I don't know that he'll be on a minutes restriction, but Carlisle said before this road trip the Pacers run right now started that Isaiah Jackson uh, could get a call up back to join the team on the road trip. So okay. I would guess he plays a, a, a fair amount and then gets – brought to the Pacers and doesn't play the rest of the road trip, but is still with the team. That's my prediction. Well, yeah, that'd be good because, um, yeah, it was, it was good to see him out there, you know, shooting around. I didn't know what his status was um, before seeing him out there, so it's good to see him uh, jump in and getting some shots up. So hopefully, yeah, he has a, a good game tomorrow, and I guess, yeah, we'll see what happens with him. So, Zach, sort of on the Mad Ants beat this year, where can people follow you and all your stuff as you continue to cover this team? Yeah, so I'm at 8points9seconds.com, at ZA Pearson NBA on Twitter. And, uh, um, yeah, I look forward to covering the team. It's going to be fun. Keep going up with the Mad Ants and Zach this year. Zach, thank you for the time. This podcast, as you know, on Twitter, at LockedOnPacers. Me, at TEastNBA. We'll be back tomorrow to recap Pacers-Pistons, look at some other key storylines going on from around this Pacers team. So hope you guys can tune in for that. Thanks for listening today, and we will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.